Thank you to the worship team for leading us. If you were to have woken up this morning with a sore throat and, uh, you know, pressure and pain in your ears, a little bit of congestion in your nose that was causing you to have such a throbbing headache, and your symptoms became worse upon worse, you'd go to the walk-in clinic, and one of the things that the doctors would do after peeking in your ears, after listening to your chest, looking up your nose, they would order a blood work. Why? Because the blood has a voice. The blood has a voice. It speaks of what's happening within the body. It speaks of what is taking place inside of us. The blood has a voice. Last month I spoke on the Lamb of God. And the Lamb of God reminds us that back in the creation of time before the beginning began to begin, there was God and there was Jesus and there was the Holy Spirit. They were all present in that time. And as the earth was formed and as everything was created and there stood man and, and Eve, Adam and Eve, God said to them in chapter 2, verses uh, 26 and 27, there's that tree in the center. That's the one you cannot eat of. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 says, The Lord... God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and of evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. I said to you 26 and 27. I was wrong. 16 and 17. You shall surely die somewhere between chapter 2, verse 17, where they are given the instruction not to eat from the tree of knowledge, and chapter 3, verse 1, enters this serpent that says, did God really say? And we spoke of this. Did God really say? And his influence was cunning enough. It was stealthily enough. It was, it, it was dripping with convincing power that Eve contemplated, did he really say? According to what we read, God said of that tree, you shall not partake because when you do, you will surely die. So according to the word of God, he surely did say. The enemy casted the doubt. Did he really say? And that happens to you and I that our ears hear something and we hear it with the cunning perfection of the enemy that is very convincing that before we know it, we have partaken of those words as though they are truth and yet they are far from it. And so Eve partook of the fruit and while she did, wow, did it ever taste good. 
Verse 6 and 7 of chapter 3. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband. What a good sharing wife she was. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Immediately, what was once perfect, what was once beautiful, immediately upon taking of that fruit, everything changed. Their nakedness became revealed. The earth that was perfectly climatized, neither too hot nor too cold, now began to be influenced by the tremorings of the earth that made it sometimes unbearably hot and other times unbearably cold. The bugs that were once there for the, the growth and, and, and the, the maturation of, of the fruits and, and everything, the, the budding of the flowers now were something that brought a pestilence into the garden, something that brought disease. Once was what was once perfect, now just with the taking of, did God really say? You see, sometimes we're going to read the Word of God and we're going to receive the truth that is in the Word of God. And we're going to lay hold of it within our hearts and we're going to go about our day knowing that what we read was from God. It was exactly as though he read our email, as though we, he knew exactly what we were going to face that day as we walked into work and opened our emails. He already saw them and yes, Lord, your word gave me hope before I walked through these doors. And then as we speak to co-workers, doubt begins to set in. And we begin to believe lies. Oh, it's a crafty old trick, but it works over and over and over again in your life day in, day out. Be careful of the stealthy enemy who comes to slither and brood doubt within your heart, within your mind, and within your ear. So we saw that because of this interruption in what was perfect, there needed to be a sacrifice. Because God was not going to just send Adam and Eve out as they were, but he made them proper cloths, proper clothing. And there was an animal that was sacrificed. There had to be a shedding of blood in order for them to go out. There has to be a shedding of blood. This morning I want to say to you that there was an ultimate sacrifice that was made to cover your sin and mine. There had to be a shedding of blood to redeem you. 
There had to be a shedding of blood to redeem me. And this blood does not lose its power. The word of God says in John 15 verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. That someone this morning is Jesus Christ. He laid down his life for you because he calls you beloved, because he calls you friend. He laid down his life and when he laid down his life, there was a shedding of blood. And because there was a shedding of blood, you and I have remission of our sins. You and I have that blood covered. And that blood that was shed has not lost its power. Why? Because God did not spare his son. He did not spare his son. He did not say, well, Adam and Eve were so stupid. I told them not to eat of that tree. And they went ahead and did it anyways. Bunch of delinquent, disobedient kids. God didn't say that. Instead, he saw that there was to be a redemption. There was to be a shedding of blood. And he spared not his son, according to Romans chapter 8, 32. He did not spare his son, but what gave him up for all. If you thought you were of the elite, you are wrong. Because he gave his son for the broken and the, the, the prince and the pauper. He gave his son for all. As a ransom for you and I. Why? Because we've all of sin. We've all fallen short of the glory of God according to Romans chapter 3. But what? We are justified by his grace. As a gift through what? The redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The redemption because we have been covered by the blood of Christ, God forgives our sins. When we are covered with the blood, God forgives our sins. This morning, your sins are forgiven if you believe in Jesus and the work that he did on the cross. If you believe that he shed his blood for you, then your sins are forgiven. Your healing this morning, it's found in the blood of Jesus. Your deliverance this morning, it's found in the blood of Jesus. Your forgiveness is found in the blood of Jesus. Why? Because the blood has not lost its power. The power of the blood has power to redeem you. To purchase you. That's what redeeming means. It gives that connotation that there had to be a price that was paid. Paul in Colossians chapter 1 was praying a very beautiful prayer. And he was thanking God for the Colossae church. And he was thanking God for their faithfulness to the truth. And faithfulness to the word. And faithfulness to believing in the grace of God. And to walk out their salvation. And as he's wrapping up the closing of that prayer, he ends it with these beautiful words of verse 13 and 14. He says, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred to us 
The kingdom of his be and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. He has taken from our bank account, our overdraft bank account that is in the red and he has deposited his redeeming blood. He has made that purchase to fill us, to fill us. Why? Because there was a ransom that was put forth. There was once a slave that was in prison. There was a once a slave that was held captive. There was once a slave that was bound. But that slave could not be set free unless there was a price that was paid. I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to bleed out for your neighbor? Would you be willing to hang on a cross? Would you be willing to just suffer and be spat upon and beaten for that co-worker that annoys you to no end? Gets just under your skin. Just under your skin. Like, why? who hired them? Would you hang on a cross? And this is what Jesus did to pay the ransom for you. To pay the ransom for you because some days you don't even pay him no mind. You act as though he's not even there. Some days you get up, you roll out of bed, you barely brush your teeth, you pour your cup of coffee, you hardly finish it. You go on your day, on your Snapchat, on your Twitter, on your Facebook, on your this and on your that, and you're all social media out and it's barely nine o'clock. And you haven't even paid regard to the one who paid the ransom for you. The very one who gave you breath to breathe. There's power in the blood. And Jesus Christ bled out to pay that ransom for you and I. He didn't come in a forceful way. But he came as a sheep, a quiet lamb. You know, there's no chain of sin on our life that could be removed by the teachings of Jesus. The teachings of Jesus are great. They're true. They're the word of God. But the teaching alone can't remove chains of sin. The miracles of Jesus are wonderful. They're inspiring. They're faith-building. But it can't remove your sin. As powerful as in, and amazing as they are, they can't remove your sin. We can't be redeemed by just watching the example of how Jesus lived, washing the feet of his disciples, reaching out to the outcasts, living a pure and holy life. We can't be redeemed by just watching the example of Jesus, by knowing and quoting his miracles. 
Those are all good things. The only way that we could be redeemed is by his death on the cross. It was by his shedding of blood. That is the only way you and I could be redeemed today is the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross. If he came and he did those miracles and he didn't die on the cross, we would not be redeemed. If he came and he lived that pure life as the son of God and did not die on the cross, we would not be redeemed redeemed we would just have stories of a very good man but we would not be redeemed but he died on the cross he bled himself out he paid the ransom and because he paid the ransom we have been redeemed and there's power in the blood and the blood has not lost its power it is able to redeem you from the deepest pit or the highest mountain it doesn't matter where your situation lies this morning the power of the blood is able to reach you and redeem you only the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ could redeem you why why? Because when he was done creating the heavens and the earth, he said, let us, let us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let us, chapter 1 of Genesis, verses 26 and 27. Let us make man in our own image. And as he makes man in his own image, he then breathes into man pneuma. Numa is his breath. He breathes into man his breath of life. And man became a living being. Why? Because as the Numa breath of God breathed into man, that man that formed that substance, immediately his circulatory system came into action. And that circulatory system carried the blood. And what was in in the blood none other none other than the oxygen if you do not have blood you do not have oxygen it is the oxygen agent that is carried throughout our body it is carried by what the circulatory system it is carried by the blood if G, if god did not breathe into us his pneuma his breath of life we would not live why because life according to leviticus 17, 14, life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. And if you're not breathing, you don't have life. And if you're breathing, that tells me that there's blood in your body. Why? Because that blood carries that life throughout your body. And it completes the cycle. With every pump, it completes the cycle of circulating blood throughout your body so that every organ, every tissue, every membrane, every cell could receive life-giving blood. Because without life-giving blood, it dies. Life is in the blood. And Jesus paid the price. And many of us miss out on the great price that he paid because we minimize our sin. Ma, ma, you know. At least I'm not like him. 
you know, sometimes I, but at least I didn't. We grandiose another person's, if that's even a word, we make another person's sin pretty big in orders that ours would not look so big. But I want to tell you this morning, don't you dare do that anymore. Oh, well, at least I didn't rob a bank. I may have told the little lie, but it's just a little lie. I didn't rob a bank. When you minimize your sin as to I just, or it's only a little, or it's just sometimes, you are minimizing the work of the cross. You are minimizing the death of Jesus Christ. You are minimizing the blood that he shed. Because he didn't shed it for just. He shed it for all. Whether you think you are a little sinner or a big sinner, you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And the only redeeming blood that could redeem you, the only one that could be your Savior, is not your psychiatrist, is not your doctor, is not your job, is not your money or bank account. The only thing that could save you is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it has hasn't lost its power no matter how little of a sinner you are or how great of a sinner you are you are a sinner in need of a savior and the blood is there for your redemption and for your purchase don't minimize your sin to appease your guilt but say Lord forgive me forgive me God Lord, I had a bad thought today. Forgive me. Don't say, Lord, at least I didn't steal. At least I didn't swear. No. Lord, I had a bad thought. Lord, I swore. Lord, I took what was not mine. Confess your sins. Why? Because he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. And what cleanse you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Oh, when we don't go to the redeeming blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, we use other measures of the world to free us of our guilt. You know the measure of al alcohol, drugs, sex? We turn to other means to suppress the guilt in order that it won't penetrate our mind and our thoughts. Oh, but the truth is, the only remedy is Jesus Christ. Amen. And when you come to taste of his remedy, and you come to experience what that redeeming blood does in your life, I promise you this, the enemy will come knocking, as he did to Eve, and put an ear a whisper in your ear. But watch over your ear gate and what you listen to. Watch over what you are allowing in your heart. And when the enemy comes knocking, oh, you think you're redeemed, do you? You think you're saved, do you? You think, oh, oh, but, oh, but what about last week? You remind him. 
I've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That sin has been confessed and it's under the blood. Remember this hymn? Under the blood, the cleansing blood. We would sing, under the blood, the cleansing blood. Uh, the, the Elaine just goes, I don't know. It's okay, I wasn't asking her to say, sing it. But we go, keep me, Savior, from day to day. Under the precious blood. Now do you know it? You all need to sing more hymns. That's what your problem is. You replaced your hymn book with the comic book. It's all right. I forgive you. Revelations 13 verse 8 tells us that before the foundations of the world, the Lord was slain. The NLT reads it like this. And all the people who belong to this world worshipped the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. Did you ever consider that? Did you ever consider that before the foundations of the world, God already intended for his son to be a sacrifice? That marvels me. I have to pause and say, but then God, why? Why did you make a beautiful garden? Why did you put this, this handsome dude and this, you know, beautiful girl in that garden to make such a stupid mistake? And, and, and God, if, if you already, from the beginning of time, before everything was created, ordained that your son would be this living sacrifice, but for the example of you and I, of how we should live. That the mistake of Adam and Eve could be a forever remembrance that when God calls us to obey, he means obey. When he says don't, he actually means don't. Like, it, it's just that simple. When he says be still, he actually does mean be still. What he says in his word is true. So Jesus came because it was planned that he would die. Jesus lived to die. He was born to die because blood was shed from the foundation of the earth. His blood was shed from the foundation of the earth. And because of that, he was born to die. Just chew on that, just for a little bit. Life is in the blood. There's power in the blood because Jesus has redeemed us. Revelations 5 and 9 says this, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your what? Blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. For everyone. For everyone he was slain and ransomed. There was a price against us that we couldn't pay that only the blood of Jesus could ransom us with. 
First Peter 1 Peter 1:18 and 19 says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without a blemish or spot. God didn't go into the store and pull out his wallet when he saw you in your sin place. And say to the storekeeper, what's her credit like? What's the amount owing on her debt? How much is she outstanding to you? And then slap it on the counter. That's not how God paid. He sent forth his son, his one and only son, to be that sacrifice for you and I. He paid the ransom of his son to cover all of our debt from every tribe, from every nation, from every language. Everyone in this congregation setting this morning. Everyone in the world, there is not a people group that is, not exe that is exempt, that is not covered with the blood. Jesus did not put his visa down. Jesus did not put his debit card down. He did not put his bank note down. He did not go to the global pay forward. He put his life down on the cross for you to pay your sin debt. We can give blood transfusions in the medical world that will save people from the brink of death. If you're dying, you can get a blood transfusion. If you're dying because you have lost a lot of blood, you can get a blood transfusion and that could bring you back to life, but salvation can only come through Jesus Christ. That's the only blood transfusion that will pay your entire price. The internal position of your soul could only be settled by the blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.13 says that now in Christ Jesus you were once far off but have been brought near by what? The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ not only redeems you, it brings you near. It draws you near. It brings you closer to God. It brings you in fellowship with God. Our sinful condition kept us far away from God. It kept our, our guilt-ridden conscience and heart kept us far from. Have you ever saw when somebody is guilty about something they've done to you, about you, or said of you, and they can't lock eyes with you? Why? Because the guilt is ridding them. But God removes that guilt by the blood of his son and he draws us near that we could look to him and say, Abba, Father. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once afar off, but you have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. There's a lot of shedding in the world right now of blood especially in the Gaza Strip. There's a lot of shedding. There's a lot of images that some of us can't even lay our eyes on because it just gets us to the very core. 
when you see some of the bodies that are lying that are young. But that does not bring peace. That kind of bloodshed does not bring peace. That's war. That's anger. That's rage. That does not bring peace. The only blood that can bring peace is the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is our peace. And he has broken down the walls. He is our peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And it is by his blood that we have peace with God. Because our sin nature would keep us separated from God. But his blood redeems us, draws us into fellowship. And so then we have peace with God. And we are drawn close to him. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. It's a hymn. I'd sing it for you, but it's okay. I'll spare you. The blood has never lost its power, the power to redeem the power to bring us into fellowship, the power to give us peace. Right? Why? Because of that fall of Adam and Eve. Our world has seen natural disasters. It's seen turmoil. It's seen chaos. We've seen fires and earthquakes and floods of every sort. You can't turn on CP24 with finding out there was some sort of gunshot crime in the GTA. There, there isn't a day that goes by when there hasn't been some sort of crime activity. Gun violence. But what? Colossians 1, 19 and 20, as I read earlier, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself what? All things, whether on earth or in heaven, making what? Peace, making peace, making peace by what? The blood of the cross. Not the blood of man shed, not the blood of guns and violence, making peace by the blood of the cross because there's power in the blood to bring peace. Because he is our peace. Doctors can today put a stent in your, in your arteries. If there's a blockage, in your arteries, they can put a stent, they could put a balloon, it'll blow things up, and it'll allow the passage of the blood to flow freely. The only thing that could do that in our spiritual lives, to allow the passage of God's blood to flow freely, is the act of the cross of Jesus shedding his blood. It is only his blood that could redeem us. It is only his blood that can cleanse us. You see, when the blood travels through the body, it also will pick up toxins and those things that are in throughout the body. And how is that blood released? How is that toxin released? You know, it's when we breathe out. That's CO2, right? That's all that toxin breathing out. That blood-carrying agent within our body when, they, when the doctors make that, that blockage to be cleared, the blood could flow, flow 
freely. The blood can flow freely. And when it flows freely, it meets the needs of all the organs, as I've said, all the tissues, all the cells of the body. Why? Because there is nothing blocking it. It's able to carry oxygen in and throughout. It's able to release carbon monoxide, uh, carbon, CO2 out. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you just got to stumble over your own tongue. <laughs> but God is good. It's okay. It's all good. It's under the blood. <laughs> blood has the power to sanctify. It has the power to cleanse us. That's what sanctification is. It's cleansing us. It's redeeming us. It's, it's making us when, when we were unholy, now holy before the Lord. Because it has redeemed us and it has cleansed us. I'm still laughing at myself for tripping over my own words. Excuse me while I have a humor moment in my mind. It's okay for you to laugh. The sanctification, the blood power, the sanctifying work of God. We were once contaminated, defiled, and polluted by our sin. But for the blood of Jesus who came to sanctify us, who came to cleanse us, who came to purify us, and it could only happen through his blood. Hebrews 13, 12 says, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate, what? In order to sanctify the people through his blood. Through his blood. He suffered outside of the gate because outside of the gate was where they once did in the old biblical times. They would kill the goat outside of the gate. And so Jesus became that lamb and he became that sacrifice. So he was outside of the gate as Hebrew says, uh, suffered outside of the gate in order to sanctify us. In order that we could be cleansed from our sin. Do you sometimes feel the resi residue of your sin? There's a cleansing blood. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that blood. What? Lose all their guilty stains. Guilty stains. Why? Because he came to sanctify you because sanctification cleanses you from all of that guilt, from all of that sin, from the resi residue of your sin so that you don't even smell or look like your sin because you've been bought and redeemed. The, the blood has not lost its power it's power to redeem us. It's power to give us peace. It's power to sanctify us or to bring us in fellowship. Why? Because 1 John 1 and 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have what? Fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The power of the blood to bring us into fellowship. God said, 
that I will dwell with them and walk with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. He desired to have fellowship with us and that is why he spared not his son for you because he desires fellowship with you. When you're alone in your room and you feel alone, he desires fellowship with you. When you're in your car, maybe coming home from a heavy day, of God knows what you have faced in that day, he is the passenger in the seat beside you because he desires fellowship with you, because he desires to dwell among his people, to be your God. How can he dwell with us? And how could he be there with us unless he died and returned to the Father? How can Christ, who is without sin, dwell within a vessel that is sin? How could the Holy Spirit take up residence within me unless there was a Christ who died and shed his blood? How could the Holy Spirit dwell within me and convict and convince me of my sin as I go about my days, my months, my years? If there was not a Christ who died. You see, the act of the cross happened. And because it happened, the truth is that there was blood shed. And that blood did not lose its power. And that power operates over you and I today to set you free in whatever matter of freedom you need. Are you, do you need freedom from your sin? Then the freedom from your sin is bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you need healing? Then the healing is there through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you need deliverance? Then the deliverance is there through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you need your chains to be broken? Then he's the chain breaker. Why? Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, when you look to Jesus, see the sacrifice that he made. See the work of the cross that he did. Don't walk around and, and think that you just are all right. But know that you know that I have been redeemed with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not perfect, but I am being perfected. How am I being perfected? By his sanctifying blood. How does that sanctifying blood perfect me? Because it cleanses me and it frees me from the debris of sin. The smell of sin, the look of sin, the power of the blood is alive and well because the life is in the blood and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ was shed for you and for me today. And the blood has not lost its power. The blood has not lost its power. You shall be holy, he said, Leviticus 20 and 26. For I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples so that you should be mine. He brings us into that fellowship because he wants to have that fellowship with us. But finally, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is conquering. It's conquering. 
It conquered over the sin in the grave. It conquered because he did not remain dead. He did not remain that lifeless body upon the cross. He did not remain just limp, hanging there, beaten and bruised. But no, he went to the very bowels of hell and he fought that fight. And that fight brought forth our deliverance. And in Revelations 12, it says, And they overcame by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What is your testimony today? What has God redeemed you from today? What healing work has he done in you today? What testimony do you have to declare of the overcoming work of Christ in your life? He's not dead on the cross. He is alive. And his blood is alive. And his blood still speaks. And it speaks of the redeeming work that he has done. It speaks of the sanctifying work that he has done. It speaks of the liberating work. It speaks of the work of healing and deliverance. It speaks of the Christ who has conquered over all power of sin and death. And because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have life eternal when we believe in Jesus and when we believe in his completed work on the cross. That yes, Lord, you can forgive me of my sins because you are the overcoming Christ. Yes, Lord, you shed your blood for me and so I receive your sanctification and I become your child. And I believe you are my Savior. And I believe that you died. And I believe that you rose again. And you have conquered over sin and death. And my testimony today of his conquering work, of his healing work, declares that he is an overcomer. And I can overcome. And I can overcome. We, what can wash away our sins? Oh, you know that hymn. What can make you whole again? Amen. Amen. We need to walk in the convincing power this morning. The convincing power. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. What is it? There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your... There's power in the blood, power in the blood. His victory win. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh yeah, stand and sing it like you mean it. Power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. 
Are you convinced of it today? Can you walk from this place today knowing that there is power in the blood? Knowing that you've been redeemed. You've been bought with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that what you can share with someone else is of the work that Jesus did in your life. Knowing that you even witnessed the testimony of a woman that was healed. Healed the fibroids that would otherwise prevent her from having a child. But all oh, the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the precious blood of Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, what? Gave her a gift of life. Because life is in the blood. And that gift of life was the precious son. And God sent forth his son to you today. That you may have life. And life abundantly. What's your need this morning? We all came with a need. We all came with something. Well, in the old... I'm done, but I'm just going to finish. <laughs> in the Old Testament... When the priests would go into the temple, they had to go to the basin, the laver basin. And at the laver basin, they had to completely wash themselves, head to toe, to cleanse themselves of everything. So, we don't have laver basins because we have Jesus who cleanses us. But we have an altar that we can go to you need healing, there's power in the blood for that. There's healing for you this morning. You need freedom from bondage. What's your bondage? There's power in the blood for that. You know, they placed a crown upon his head. And as that crown was placed upon his head, it was fixed tightly and the blood began to pour. It poured out for your mental demise. It poured out for every anxiety of the mind, every trouble of the mind, every worry, every illness of the mind. The blood of Jesus Christ poured out. And there's power in that blood to bring peace to your mind, to bring peace to your anxieties, to bring peace to your worry. There's power in the blood. And as he hung there and he was thirsting, they poked his side. There just beneath as the blood poured out. Why? Because his heart bled out for you. Because he's there for every care of the heart. You've been broken. You've been wounded. You've been hurt. Every care of your heart, the Lord's blood was poured out to heal you. To take that broken child that is within you and restore you to whole emotional life. His blood poured out for your heart, your physical heart, your spiritual heart. His hands and his feet bore the nails. And the blood poured out everyone that you could touch and everywhere your feet will go to carry the truth 
Blessed are the feet of those who what? Bring good news. You didn't come to church today to say hallelujah, Jesus, praise the Lord, and go home. You came here to be set free. You came here to be healed. You came here to be carriers of his truth as you go out and you bring the good news to those that are around. As you go out and you speak to others and you say to them, may I pray with you? Your hands are here of his goodness. Your hands are a carrier of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That brings peace. That brings wholeness. The blood has not lost its power. And it is alive today. All you need to do is respond to his wonder working power.
The blood has never lost its power. It is alive. It is alive today. I'm going to invite you to respond. I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. We have elders. We have board members that will come and pray with you. Pastors that will pray with you. If you need salvation, we want to pray with you. That you would receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and taste of the power, wonder-working power in, his, in, in your body, in your life. Do you need healing? We want to pray with you, believing God to touch and restore your body. Do you need deliverance? Got some anxieties, some issues? some worries. We want to pray with you that God would touch you. Whatever be your need, we have those that will pray with you. Come, come and respond to the work of God. Come and respond, not to the sermon, but respond to the blood that has a voice that is calling out to you today saying, the blood has never lost its power and never will lose its power. For those that can't stay, for those that maybe have to leave, God bless you. We love you. We pray the blessing of God upon you. But we ask that you make your exit quiet, that you not be distracting to the work that God is doing in the lives of those that are sitting around you. God bless you. And if the board members and pastors would come and pray for those that are gathered here.